Welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist, the podcast for anyone who's interested in acupuncture, complementary medicine, holistic health, and self-care. I'm your host, Alexa Bradley-Halsey. Today, I'm joined by licensed acupuncturist Isaac Haynes. Isaac and I first met many years ago when we were both students at Yosan University in Los Angeles. That was about 15 years ago, and since then, Isaac has done all sorts of interesting things, including living in China, earning his doctorate, and heading up a doctoral program at an acupuncture university. He's now practicing in his hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, with an emphasis on pain management and stress management, and he's the creator of healthsites.net, which provides web design and online support for holistic practitioners. After working at a university for many years, Isaac has a passion for education, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Isaac, welcome. Hey, Alexa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Of course. Um, I feel like there's so much we could talk about on the subject of education. Sure. Your focus is really helping practitioners become teachers themselves and develop educational offerings and materials so that they can use their skills and expertise to help more people. First, I'd like to talk about a little more about your background sure. and how you developed this passion for education. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, just kind of like long story short, um, you know, I was in China, as you mentioned, and I did this um, doctoral program there and then came back to the States and uh, just kind of by chance or synchronicity or what have you, ended up in a school in California, working at a school as, as a dean. Um, and it was really kind of an interesting story how I, I got there, but it really just, things just kind of, kind of did line up for me to have that opportunity. And yeah, having no experience with education on the other side of education, um, you know, I found myself in, you know, dealing with accreditation and all these kinds of things you're familiar with as far as like, you know, formal, you know, education and all that. And so, yeah, so it's really kind of a trial by fire, um, <laughs> you know, and so, yeah. And especially, you know, the school at the time was going through quite a bit of that. So, um, yeah. but yeah, but over, you know, the span of about five years or so, I just really grew to, to love working with the students. I mean, I, I started enjoying that part from the beginning, but just over that time, um, just gained a real appreciation for the whole process and um, working with students and also kind of creating the structure to help students learn the best while satisfying all the requirements and all those kinds of things. So so what, what led you to uh, pursue your studies in China? So that's a great question. So yeah, after, after Yosan, so I think I finished, I graduated a year or so after you did, I, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so as I mean, I think, you know, you know, Stephanie Kimber, and we've probably talked about this. And so she was heading up the acupuncture at sea kind of thing, uh, yes. that program. And so I did that for a couple of years and cruised around and, um, and that was, that was fun. Yeah. So after that, I was just sort of like, okay, well, should I continue the adventure or should I, you know, come back to land and do the adult thing or what have you, um, and start a practice and everything. And yeah, so at the time I still maybe just had the, the desire to travel and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So I just kind of thought, why not? Actually, I had a conversation with, there was a doctor on board the, the ship. I just kind of was consulting with him and he's like, 
you know, we just had this conversation and just kind of like gave me the idea, like, hey, why not? You know, um, that wasn't the sole reason, but um, but yeah, multiple different things kind of like led me in that direction. And then, yeah, so I, I found myself myself in China. And when you first kind of get there, it literally feels, at least it did for me, it felt like a, a different planet kind of, you know. Um, yes, that was my experience in China as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and I just kind of, I was like, okay, why not? I'll just I'll give this a try and, and, and see see what happens. And uh, yeah, it was really fun though. I met some really awesome people and just had a great experience over the time that I was there. So what was the doctoral program in China like? I mean, this is kind of how it works in China. They have very, very distinct tracks um, of study. So instead of like in the States where we kind of like study everything like herbs and acupuncture and everything um, from the very beginning, they're just sort of like, okay, like, which one do you want to do? You know, do you want to oh. do the herb path, which is like totally different from the acupuncture path. And so they give you kind of like this trial period of maybe like maybe a couple months or so to spend, you know, several, you know, visits with like either acupuncture doctors or herb doctors. And it's a really a totally different experience. Like the herb doctors, they'll have, um, they have this little office and they're all in these Chinese hospitals, obviously that are like totally different than what most of us are used to. Um, so the herb doctors have basically just kind of like a line out the door of people. And so they, the people come in and, you know, they'll just, uh, they'll take the pulse and like the tongue and, and all of that. And then they'll just sort of like say the herbs to the assistant, which is a student usually and the, the student just like writes it down. And then, you know, the next person comes in like that. Um, and then the acupuncturist, you know, it's a very, very different kind of setup. So everybody's kind of like in one room, they're just like dividers, you know? So in the States where we're used to being treated or treating folks like, you know, kind of, well, obviously, you know, and we talked about the, uh, the, the, your model that you use, which is awesome. And I, I definitely like that model, um, of community acupuncture as much. So it's much more like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So then the doctors, they just go around much like community acupuncture clinic, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I was kind of like used to, to experiencing over there. But um, so I chose the acupuncture route. Long story okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like picking a major. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's like picking a major and, you know, they have, you know, you can choose the different doctors, you know, to kind of go and observe with and things like that. And some of them will accept foreign students and some of them just, oh, really? they're, they're not open to it, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they kind of, um, they'll, they give you a list, the administrator people, like they give you a list of like, okay, these are kind of like your options and things like that. Some people use like a ton of moxa, like that's mm -hmm. like an inter integral part of their, um, their, their practice. So it's definitely like picking a major. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of pick like, you know, so the, the doctor that I studied with, he did more, um, he used more electric stim and oh, treated more uh -huh. kind of like nervous system kind of things. And he did a lot of scalp acupuncture, which mm -hmm. is what I ended up doing my, my thesis on. Um, ah. And yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's a small world. I actually, I talked to an acupuncturist in Madison, um, a Chinese woman, and, you know, she was familiar with this doctor and her, mm -hmm. you know, one of the other doctors anyway. So, um, but yeah, so they have like, they're very, very distinct kind of specialties that uh, you sign up for. And, and were you, style. were you at a hospital the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it was. So the, the Chinese kind of like the system it's, so it's all, 
you know, government sponsored and, mm-hmm. you know, supported and all that kind of thing. So, so the name of my school was the Chichang Chongyao Dashui. And I'm really still the worst at pronouncing like, you know, <laughs> like Chinese, Chinese words, like just the, the tones, um, as long as I was there, like I, I never really got a, a great handle on it. So, um, when I speak to people, it'd be, they, they understand what I'm saying by context and, and all that probably. <laughs> yeah. But, um, each university has like its set of affiliated hospitals. Okay. Um, so we would have, so Zhejiang, uh, university, uh, Chinese medical university is the translation had, um, like multiple different affiliated hospitals. And so whatever, whoever the doctor that you choose to study with, um, that's where, you know, you go to. And so the, this particular hospital that, that I went to, it's maybe like five floors high, not like a huge hospital, but yeah, it was just kind of like a typical building downtown, you know, there's like an acupuncture floor and then there's kind of like a more uh, cosmetic kind of like department. Okay. And then mm-hmm. there's, um, a, like a Twina department where, which was really pretty awesome. Actually the Twina. So, and actually the, the degree that I got is acupuncture and Twina, but I don't feel worthy necessarily of like the, <laughs> the, the level of Twina that these guys do. Cause like these guys are awesome. Yeah. And so for people who are unfamiliar with Twina, what, right. give us a brief definition of Twina. Yeah, no, that's great. A great thing to, to clarify. Yeah. So Tuina is basically just the Chinese uh, massage. And so in the West, you know, we think of massage as like, oh, you know, just, you know, like tight shoulders or, you know, right. this kind of thing. Um, and, you know, all due respect to massage therapists, you know, they go through their training and they study anatomy physiology and all this Absolutely. kind of thing. So, yeah. So it's not to... Um, sort of, you know, take away from any, any of that at all in, in China, the distinction of Tuina is so basically they're Tuina doctors. They're really like on par with acupuncturists, um, acupuncture doctors and all acupuncturists there would be considered doctors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so acupuncture doctors or, you know, Western MD doctors. And a lot of times they'll have kind of like multiple distinctions like some of the western doctors will utilize like herbs in the hospitals and things like that so are there doctors who only practice twina certainly yeah definitely definitely so there was like a floor department in this hospital um that i would go for uh go to for twina and Mm -hmm. yeah these guys were amazing like the the doctors and their students like and also another thing to mention is that the techniques that they use um also incorporate chiropractic techniques. And it could be argued or, you know, whatever stated that actually the origins of chiropractic came from, from China. I've heard stories of this. This is purely anecdotal. So any chiropractors listening, you know, um, (laughs) you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the, you know, the, the definitive truth about it, but, um, I heard that, uh, BJ Palmer, who who is Mm -hmm. kind of the guy credit, you know, credited with bringing, um, really making it well-known chiropractic in the States actually went to China and, it, you know, and, mm. and learned it there. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if this is true, but um, so yeah, it's really like a full spectrum kind of thing. So they're doing like the the soft tissue, like massage manipulation kind of stuff, but they're also doing chiropractic adjustments mm. along the way. And they're also utilizing acupuncture as well. So it's like, um, yeah, so that for me, that was a great, a great yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. In China, um, is all acupuncture hospital based or are there private clinics? Yeah. Another great question. Yeah, for sure. 
as far as I know, um, yeah, it is a totally different model. Just you know, like we discussed, and um, it, for the most part, really, as far as I know, it is almost all contained within like the hospital setting. Um, yeah, it was very rare, if at all, that I would see. I can't, I can't even remember really. Maybe I just, I'm sure it would have been paying attention or notice it but yeah you don't really see like you know little acupuncture private clinics, acupuncture you know clinics. private acupuncture clinics yeah so for i'd say like the vast vast majority um you know and it, it probably depends like if you're in kind of like a smaller town or something like that it might right. be you know more more of those but yeah in the big cities i'd say yeah the vast majority is like within a hospital setting and so right. um yeah you know and the it's really affordable you know and we discussed right. this before right you know and so yeah it's really affordable for folks and it's integrated into the the whole hospital system for example you know i went to like one of the bigger hospitals and uh where they treat you know a wide variety of things and it's mostly western based but they would have like mm-hmm. herbal you know treatments and things like that um incorporated into that the western model but yeah it's mostly mostly in hospital settings yeah. for sure yeah that's so interesting. I I spent a month in China and oh, cool. um, I um, my my experience being in the hospital is similar to what you're sharing. Yeah, when I was in in China, um, the acupuncture was administered like you were saying in a um, just sort of on a on a hospital ward yep, in a community yep, setting, yep, yep. and um, had the experience of observing the herbalists there Mm -hmm. and yes patients would come in and um, describe their chief complaints and the doctor would check their pulse and tongue and then Mm -hmm. write out a prescription and one thing that struck me is that a patient would be talking to sitting at the desk talking to the doctor and then standing behind them would be all the other patients waiting their turn (laughs) (laughs) absolutely no confidentiality whatsoever Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I what I experienced as well. Yeah, yep. you just have like a long, a long line. And yep. yeah, it's funny, like some of some of the doctors, I mean, they just had quite a name for themselves or something like that. So they just oh, like, yes. like, yeah, they just and people they're, would they're, literally line up to see. Yeah, them. totally, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of, of, you know, kind of privacy and confidentiality stuff is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't really you know exist in that setting but people don't really i don't know it's like the i think the culture is is different as well where it's just sort of like a little bit more kind of like open in that way i guess you know so you you pursued your um doctorate you focused on scalp acupuncture that's correct yeah 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 i did so what what do you see as the real strengths of scalp acupuncture that's a great question um yeah i mean it was funny. The so the doctor that I that I studied with, you know, as far as um, like choosing a, a, a topic for a dissertation and all of that, he basically, and I think it's maybe the case in a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the time. But you know, he basically gave me the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in part because that's what he he that's what he utilized a lot in in his clinic. You know, his his clinic space in the in the hospital and all that. So um, yeah, so I mean it. Uh, its strength really, I think, is in, in treating a lot of neuro, neurological mm-hmm. conditions, and um, and so that's primarily what he would use it for. 
I, th I think just kind of like running the, the range of different uh, neurological issues could be like degener degenerative things. It could be more acute type things, um, mm -hmm. could be um, kind of like more congenital things like, um, mm -hmm. you know, kids with, with uh, autism and things like that. I've, I've seen, um, seen it used in that way as well. Wow. And so, yeah, so I think, you know, and so as you know, it's kind of like, it's one of the many microsystems of acupuncture. And so it, so essentially the whole, the whole body is represent, represented on the scalp. The scalp. So, yeah. So you have the idea of like the homunculus, which is a fancy mm -hmm. word for just like a representation of the human body, um, and us, all this associated areas and, and, uh, organ systems and things like that represented on the scalp. And so then I tried to explain this to a group of people at UCSF University of San Francisco, kind of like a, a combination of acupuncture and um, Western people, but a little bit more Western people. And so I was describing this kind of homunculus thing and, you know, not all of them, you know, kind of <laughs> bought it, I think, but I think there's a lot of correlation <laughs> between some of the innervation of the, the scalp and, yes. and, and uh, different uh, aspects of, you know, the, of, of the body, the different parts of the body and eliciting responses that way. So, yeah. So, but long story short, yeah, I think it can be used in a wide variety of, uh, conditions. It's, uh, probably it might be underutilized. I don't know if that's fair to say, but it's not, it's not utilized a ton, I think in, in the States. I um, think that it probably is underutilized as well. I don't sure. use it very often in my own practice and I treat mm -hmm. a lot of neurological conditions, yeah. but it's just yeah. not, it doesn't tend to be my go-to. And I think, I think it's just not emphasized very much in acup acupuncture education in oh, the yeah, United for sure. States. For sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. practitioners who are interested in that, um, come out of school with just a basic working knowledge of scalp acupuncture. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they totally. really have to pursue further studies if they want to um, get really good at it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of people. There's Dr. Ju, uh, Dr. Ju Ming-Ching actually met, met him in California. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I had like, I ordered one of his books, you know, for writing my paper off of like Taobao or something, you know, or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he's, he's a really kind of well-known guy. Um, and there's Dr. Yamamoto, who's another mm -hmm very well-known guy. So there, there are these like very complete, um, robust systems, uh, for utilizing acupuncture. And yeah, I mean, you can even, uh, do a quick YouTube search and, uh, look at some of the videos. Yeah. So they have some pretty, uh, interesting videos of like actually utilizing scalp acupuncture for people who have lost mobility, you know, wow. like post-stroke and things like that. And it shows their, their progression in recovery. And it's pretty like, wow, um, pretty cool. So, yeah. Wow. So you uh, were the dean of a doctoral program in at a school in California. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to hear about your experience there and what are the sort of things that you saw your students really um, getting interested in and and pursuing further studies with? Yeah, it was really it was really kind of a fun uh, experience just seeing people, you know, because also as as part of the whole deal being, you know, like the, you know, the dean or whatnot and all of that, which, you know, again, I had no experience whatsoever being anything, you know, even close <laughs> to, you know. Learn to, as to you go, right? Learn, learn as you go, for sure. Uh, part of it was that each of the students had their, their dissertation. So they have like, you know, their paper to write. And it was like, it was a pretty, a pretty big deal. Um, and some people took it like really, really seriously. And, 
Well, actually, I want to say that most, the vast, vast majority of people took it very, very seriously. Uh, you know, so then we'd have like, you know, the committee members meet and, you know, when it was time to present and all that. And so there'd be a collection of, um, you know, all these different uh, doctors, you know, most of which or many of which had like, you know, a ton more experience than, than I and, you know, had been practicing for a super long time and most of them, you know, Chinese. And so, um, yeah, and so it was, and this was for Chinese and English speaking students. And so we'd have two different um, world offenses. And this happened a couple of times a year, I think. And uh, yeah, so it really kind of pushed students to master a certain set of skills, perhaps on the practical side, but, you know, it's just uh, an understanding of a certain either methodology or, you know, whatever it is that they were focused on for their, um, for their paper or their study. And um, yeah, and so there are a bunch of different types of styles of papers too. So some are more research, some are more uh, practical, but, um, but yeah, really they became kind of like experts in a, in a way um, yeah. in their respective studies. And that was super impressive to see. And, um, you know, and then as, as it goes with uh, an oral defense, you're kind of challenged with questions and you have to, de you know, defend as uh, the, uh, the name would imply. And um, yeah, so it really, yeah, it, it always impressed me, you know, so much that uh, these students had gained that level of, of mastery. What areas of of concentration did you see students pursuing? Or did you see yeah. students doing any really interesting research? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, we had we had people that did, I mean, if you name it, they pro there's probably somebody who, who did, did a study uh, or did, you know, did their paper on it. And uh, so, I mean, we have... We, there are people that did, yeah, stuff about like diabetes or about even like utilizing traditional um, like foot baths, you know, mm -hmm. which sounds just kind of like not necessarily like scientific or whatever, but I mean, it might to you and I, but to the average person, maybe not. But yeah, they really mastered, you know, this sort of like um, these different protocols that are based on, you know, these pharmacological compounds, obviously, you know, found in the herbs and the you know, those kinds of things. And so, yeah, we had people, um, you know, all, all different kinds of conditions, like more orthopedic, like lower back pain, uh, to more internal conditions, like, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, diabetes or many other types of things like that. Yeah. So it really, it really ran the gamut, I guess you could say, you know, as far as like doing an actual study where you have like a control group and like, mm -hmm. you know, all that. And, um, so we didn't have, so much of that because it requires, you know, it requires a lot of resources and right. kind of like, and just keeping track of all that can be really, really, um, sure. a, a lot of work. Um, so we didn't have as many, um, papers. Well, that, yeah. Those types of studies require, I would think outside funding to. Just... Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the, the good fortune to be able to work on a couple of studies like that. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can, I can definitely say that there's a lot of organization that goes into that and yeah, a lot of resources um, and a lot of time and a lot of just tracking information and right. like calculating things and, you know, all of that. So, right. um, so yeah, definitely. I always thought it'd be interesting to study acupuncture and brain waves. Yeah, totally. Totally. To see how acupuncture affects the brain waves and if it gets people into different yeah. brainwave states. I have theories about that, uh -huh. but yep. um, 
I think it'd be really interesting to study, but I don't think for I'm going to sure. pursue my doctorate. <laughs> I think I'm done with education. I hear you for sure. After <laughs> after kind of like spending that much time in time in the you know the environment, it was awesome and everything. Um, but you know, I would tell students a lot of times that you know is it was a really big deal for them, and obviously that you know it's a great accomplishment. But um, I kind of had the conversation conversation multiple times, like, hey, you you already know, like you know, you're really good already. Like yeah. it doesn't, you know, uh, you know, some letters aren't going to necessarily be the, you know, be all and end all obviously, but that's a, a worthwhile pursuit, but, um, but yeah, I hear you for sure. The brainwave thing. Yeah. I had, I had a client mention to me the other day about, so she wanted to use, um, Hemisync. So there are these different like, um, brainwave, uh, entrainment kind of, you know, things mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, like, um, I think that it might be older technology. I'm not sure, but, the binaural beat frequencies mm-hmm. is one, right? So like there's the hemi-sync and then brain sync is another. And mm-hmm. th- that was actually introduced to me by an acupuncture guy like a super long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just like you said, sort of like, you know, the different brainwave states of the alpha, uh, yes. beta, theta, delta. And so I would, I also have an inkling or, you know, kind of like, I, I think that you may be onto something there with, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the brainwave state changing as a result of, of you know the needles and all that i think there's even oh man it's like it's kind of like a hazy vague kind of sense that i've come across somebody um in the acupuncture space that like has mentioned that i don't know if they've got gone really deeply into it but mm-hmm. um but yeah I, if you're if you're kind of uh <laughs> for it like i'd be, that'd be I'd, I'd be definitely interested to see what you what you discover yeah. there I, um, well, I, I started thinking about this because in, in my practice, I work in a community setting. So I treat patients in a big room. So there's several patients in the room getting treatment at a time and people are Mm -hmm. in various stages of rest. Yep. And so I, I'm always mindful of who's in the room, what patients are in the room and how long they've been there. Are they going to need to get up soon or mm-hmm. just kind of keep an eye. It's kind of like waiting tables. You just sort of keep an eye on the the people in your station. Sure. Um, but there are some patients who it's almost like they disappear during mm-hmm. a treatment. Mm-hmm. It's like, I forget that they're in the room I, yeah. and I will walk past them and I don't even notice that they're there. And I feel like that is because they are in such a deep, relaxed state and their brain, they're, they are somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Their, their brain is in a a deep meditative state or like a deep theta state. Um, And then, then they come, then they come out of that and, oh, it's like, oh yeah, you're here. You've been Mm -hmm. here for an hour. I forgot you were here. Yeah. Um, But I just think it's interesting um, to see how the brain responds to the needles. Yeah, that's a great point. And like, um, in that observation, I'm sure you've seen it like multiple many times, times, many, like, yeah. many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, I've had like a similar experience where it just like, it's like this, this sense that, you know, when somebody kind of really goes into that space, you know, with, with the treatment and, and, and all that, and, yeah. And so, you know, you come back and, and you check on them or what have you and, and all, and all that. And yeah, you can just, t- you can just tell that. Um, yeah. So I'm sure there's something going on as far as like, you know, the, if it's the theta state or, or something like that, um, mm-hmm. which also makes sense too, because then 
some of the different states um, correspond to different healing exactly. processes and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The um, body's repair processes. Yeah, and... totally. So you, you are now really focused on trying to help other acupuncturists become educators, whether it's for their patients, for the wider community. So um, why do you think that acupuncturists make good teachers and educators? Yeah, I guess just kind of expounding on my previous experience, you know, with the, the school um, that, yeah, you know, and just kind of reiterate, you know, just to emphasize that students I saw, they just kind of really blossomed in their own right. Um, and then I didn't mention that uh, they also, they had the opportunity. So we had these pretty strict um, kind of requirements as far as like the accreditation stuff goes that did give us some leeway as far as how our students could get uh, gain credits uh, for certain things. And so one of those opportunities was to teach. Um, so there are several, several students that took advantage of this and they taught classes and things like that. Um, and that was really awesome. Um, because yeah, yeah they, they, all, all the folks that decided to do it, like were just, you know, phenomenal at it. And so, um, so that's kind of like where the idea came from, you know, mm -hmm. um, just seeing that firsthand. And then, so now I'm just kind of getting into this, mm -hmm. you know, kind of endeavor of, um, I guess you could say like, uh, putting it out there to, mm -hmm help different you know practitioners or what what have you to create classes like online classes and, and all that kind of stuff and part of it too is that like along this this whole kind of like story trajectory i guess like i did and you know we've talked about it i did discover an interest in online stuff and you know yes web-based things and obviously you know um of course you as well obviously you know in different capacity i've never like developed like um a software from scratch and you know mm -hmm. and all that but um but yeah i have gained you know an appreciation appreciation and like i guess you could say like a certain skill set that i've you know just practiced you know to um to get better at and so yeah so one of those things is sort of like i guess kind of all together i think i have like a pretty good idea of and actually pretty good experience of putting together education in like an online format um, part of that was when at the school we had um, to kind of tighten up the, the the bolts on the, I don't know, whatever analogy you want to use, but, or I, I should use, but um, we had to kind of get things together academically. And so sure. one of the things that helped us to do that, yeah, was to use a, a learning management system. So an wow. LMS. So we had a consultant that told me about the existence of LMS uh, mm -hmm. systems and, uh, and gave us, gave, gave me a specific one. And I was like, oh, wow, you can do that. You don't have to like, have like massive stacks of papers. Um, you know, like <laughs> I remember doing... the massive stacks of papers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. So, um, so I kind of took that and ran with it. And so I kind of built out this LMS system for our students, which was awesome. And so they had all, you know, like they had course content and mm -hmm. all these kinds of things in a real structured way. And so, yeah. So I also kind of have that experience of like building, I guess you could say courses, you know, albeit mm -hmm. this is more academic, you know, uh, in a more academic setting, but yeah. So, I mean, so I'm kind of, you know, developing this idea to help practitioners to make their own online courses. And so there's a lot of great software that exists to do that. And, um, a lot of things that, um, can be useful in putting that all together. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm, uh, sort of opening up you know, sort of uh, to helping folks with, yeah. 
I love that idea. And I think that the, the pandemic has shown us that there are lots of ways to connect with patients uh, yeah. that are not face to face in person. Um, when I, when, the, when we first shut down at the start of the pandemic, um, we had patients contacting us saying, you know, what can I do? And so I just started recording some acupressure videos and putting cool. those online and That's saying, awesome. here, just do acupressure on yourself. Just do mm -hmm. something. Um, and people, people were very interested in it. And there's so yeah. much that, um, that we can offer besides just needles. Definitely. Um, so I definitely. love the idea of uh, being able to connect with more people and, and maybe uh, people that aren't in your geographic area, but have, uh, you know, are interested yeah. in what you have to teach. I just think that's great. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it, there could be so many different um, kind of scenarios where somebody might develop an online learning kind of thing, but that's, that's an excellent practical uh, way to do that. Yeah. Just practitioners mm -hmm. that, you know, build out little, you know, video sections on their, on their websites where, you know, folks can book appointments or pick up herbs or watch like an acupressure video. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Isaac, this has been so interesting. I really appreciate you joining me in this conversation. Um, for folks out there listening, if you're interested in learning more about Isaac's work, you can check out healthsites.net which offers website templates and online support for holistic practitioners. And Isaac, is that where you're also going to be launching your educational platform? Um, actually, yeah. Interestingly, I'm kind of setting up a beta uh, kind of uh, situation right now. So like a beta group, I guess you could say um, for that. Great. So it's going to be, it's not going to be necessarily built uh on the health sites platform. It might utilize some of the tools there, but um, yeah, they can reach me at Isaac at healthsites.net. Um, Great. Would be a good place, sure. Great. And I'll put links to everything in the show notes. So, um, so you have that for those of you listening. Um, well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. And thank you all for listening today. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a rating or a review. And if you want to join the conversation, please subscribe to Notes from Your Acupuncturist on Substack, where you can comment, ask questions, participate in discussion threads, watch videos, and read more of my reflections on acupuncture, acceptance, healing, and self-love. Until next time, this is Alexa Bradley-Hulsey, your acupuncturist, signing off with love and gratitude.